You are listening to 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall. James Marshall is a registered investment advisor and president of Marshall Wealth Management. His registered investment advisory firm is registered in Texas and Kentucky. For 30 years, he has been educating, advising, and managing wealth for diverse families all over the country. This podcast is about different concepts of wealth building, some financial, some emotional, physical, and yes, some spiritual. The bottom line is you will leave with some knowledge, and knowledge is wealth. So whether you're walking, running, exercising, or having your choice of beverages, no judgments here, clear, then open your mind and get ready for some life-changing financial lessons. It's your time. Here is your host, James Marshall. Builders and welcome to podcast number 49. Establish a core group of professional, emotional, and spiritual advisors. Choose wisely. You know, Tiger Woods has had four swing coaches through the years. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Russell Wilson used mental health coaches. Michael and Kobe worked with renowned mindfulness meditation coach. George Mumford, and Russell Wilson works with mental conditioning coach Trevor Moad. He's been huge, Wilson said of Moad. He said that Trevor really challenges him mentally, gives him visions of where he wants to go, who he wants to be, and how he wants to do it. people meet regularly with psychotherapists such as psychiatrists, psychologists, and therapists. About 75% of people who participate in talk therapy experience some benefit. Now, this is according to the American Psychological Association. Therapy helps them to improve their communication skills, helps them feel more empowered, develop fresh insights about their life, make healthier choices, and develop coping strategies to manage distress. Successful, well-balanced people understand the importance of maintaining a relationship with the trained professionals in their life. These people can advise them on certain areas of their life, areas that they themselves cannot specialize in or do not specialize in. Spirituality and religion is probably the most common area we seek out coaches and advisors. The difference is that we call them pastors, reverends, priests, and rabbis, as well as others. But they're still coaches and advisors. 
Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Just be careful who is directing your paths. With that being said, I am so excited that we are able to bring on the podcast today Dr. D. Ivan Young, a well-respected and internationally renowned master certified coach. He's a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a member of the National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coaches, fellow and co-lead for race, equity, and inclusion for the Institute of Coaching at McLean Harvard Medical School. And today, he is sharing his thoughts with us. All right, we are here with Dr. Ivan Young. And I'm so glad to, to talk with this brother. I met him first years ago. He came and spoke at my uh, one of my workshops at Windsor Village, where we were talking about family wealth building. And I was so impressed that I said to myself, I must span away to get this brother back into either one of my podcasts, my workshops, or something to share his knowledge. How you doing today, brother? Well, first, I want to apologize my presentation to your viewers. I don't chew tobacco. And I haven't had a fight and took a punch. I underwent a 12-hour uh, surgery about six weeks ago, something called a, um, what is it called? A free fibula uh, mandelectomy where they removed the bone in my face and took bone from my leg and rebuilt my jaw, basically. So that's what that little swelling is. But wow. I folks. I'm sober and I'm good, so don't let the smooth taste fool you. <laughs> the smooth taste. progress. But it sounds good. I'm just glad you're amongst the living, brother. Yeah. Well, listen. This this week we're talking about this whole idea, this concept of not trying to make it alone. I think this is very timely because you're going through a situation where there's no way you would be able to deal with your current situation on your own, no matter how knowledgeable you are, you still need those professionals that are helping you to get to see you through this moment, correct? Well, one thing I want to speak to about that, and, and I don't know if your broadcast takes on a religious tone it or does. spiritual tone, but if I can indulge your audience, I would like to say that you are either coming into a storm in the middle of a storm or you're leaving a storm. Or are you too stupid to know it? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's true. So before any of this happened to me, you know, I had a little warning. I went in for a checkup. The surgeon said, there's some banding in your mouth. And this, do you smoke? And I said, well, when I was younger, I did a whole lot of inappropriate behavior, but I haven't done that in 25 years. He said, well, typically this is associated with somebody that smokes or does tobacco. Well, I want you to get a biopsy. So I went to get the biopsy negative. A few months later, working on my presentation, got another biopsy negative. But I was getting ready to take another step. And I had some irritation in my mouth. Well, that irritation proved to be squamous cell carcinoma in the retromolar region of my mouth. In other words, cancer. Mm. 
Now, I'm tying this into this conversation because who you're connected to is everything. Well, at that point, I sat down and I never will forget, I, you know, I'm fortunate to be at the MD Anderson Cancer Center here in Houston, one of the best in the world. Yes. And I'm in a meeting with the surgeon and Dr. Gillenwater and her, her PA in a very callous way. And maybe it just seemed callous, but she said, no, you are going to have surgery because, you know, I'm a guy that does research and I'm thinking I'll do this proton surgery. And right now, ironically, I'm sitting in front of this proton center and only one percent of people in the world can even afford or have the insurance or the, uh, the ability to get that type of care. Wow. Well, long story short, I knew right then that I needed some teammates if I'm going to make it through. And I have a habit of praying near water and <clears throat> while working out or exercising. And, you know, during that season, I worked out six days a week. So, you know, I was ready physically, but I wasn't ready mentally. I was ready spiritually. And see, this is where that team, who you with matters. Well, see, the first relationship you need to take on is a relationship with the creator, with God. Yes. You know, with Jesus. I don't, you know, I, I'm not trying to offend those of you who may be Muslim or, or, or you know, Hindu or Buddhist. But in my world, that's going to be Jesus and that's going to be God. And I'm not saying my world is the world you need to follow, but it works for me. Amen. And I've been, I started talking then and I was like, Lord, if you're not going to take this away, which Jesus said in Gethsemane, he cried tears of blood, wanting God to take it away. <laughs> But God, there are some things that are going to bring you to a point of revelation and resurrection will not be taken away. And a lot of people don't understand Gethsemane. The name means pressing place. And it was where they would press olives or press grapes to make olive oil or make wine. And just as that shows that metaphoric example of how God works when you really get ready to be pressed I don't know how many of you have bought some olive oil or you out your favorite Italian restaurant and they bring a bottle to the table a little bitty bottle or a larger bottle but it ain't much oil in the olive you know James it ain't much oil in the olive and, and when God presses you he presses a lot of different situations and, and circumstances and people. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to people. So my first lesson for you is be careful who you get pressed with. Whoa. All right. Because when God gets ready to press you, you know, New Edition had a song years ago. Some of y'all might be old enough to know who <laughs> New Edition is. But it was, baby, can you stand the rain? Mm, can you stand the rain? You know, and, and thank God I had somebody by my side that loved me and she could stand the rain. And I had a, I had staff people that they could stand the rain. And I had children that could stand the rain. And I had prayer partners that could stand the rain. So the lesson of being pressed is one thing, but who you get pressed with? Because, see, Bernie Mac had a joke where he said he was getting ready to adopt his sister's kids, said his sister was a crackhead, and he went to court. 
And his brother had been talking all this stuff in the hall. And when they got in the courtroom, Bernie finally got up to the judge and he said, no, Yana, we'll take the kids. And the judge said, well, we'll, it's just you. And he said he heard the door swing his brother. <laughs> and that's what yeah. happened when pressure hits. People that aren't, that you think should be comrades and constituents, don't get mad. They just witnesses. Mm. You cannot convert a constituent to a witness because a constituent, they hate what you hate. They love what you love. That doesn't mean they're on your team. Right. That means they're aligned with you out of a selfish reason, right? right? But those few people, those people that are going to be comrades, those people that are going to uh, adhere themselves to your purpose, they can stand the rain. They are the ones that they may not be able to give you a dollar. I remember my grandmother used to say, sister, so-and-so hoped me through so-and-so. And, and I remember when so-and-so hoped, and I said, uh, Granny, you mean help? She said, shut up, boy, I know what I mean, hope. Uh -huh. She said, everybody can't help you all the time. Some people are just meant to hope with you. Yes. And we have to understand that as we evolve as people, hope is part of that evolution. The other thing, is that you must befriend yourself. You can't be good for anyone else unless you're good for you. At present, I'm in the process of pinning my fourth book, and it's called Accurate Empathy. One of the things that we are very good at, is, and at least we play like we're good at it, is being empathetic to those who we see suffering. We see a little boy that flies on his face and in his mouth on TV. We see the same food commercial. We see save the elephants, whatever. And, we, you know, we, we get moved. And some of us make, like me, I, I give money to those things every mm -hmm. month. But, you know, when cancer came knocking at my life, one day, James, I was out in the park. And the biggest revelation came, see? James, I was, I was very disappointed in that. How could somebody with my level of faith vacillate between proclamation and declaration of God's manifestation and his presence and his power? And then the next minute, I'm sitting up here terrified that I ain't never been under anesthesia. Will I wake up? Mm. What if this ain't the only cancer? What if they find something else? And I'm James, I'm terrified to the point mm -hmm. I'm disgusted with myself because now I'm thinking, if you love God so much, how can you trust him so little? You have all this evidence of God has never failed you. And you got millions of people following your TED Talks and millions of people looking at your content every month on Facebook. Tens of thousands of people that just every day you do something, they see it. Mm -hmm. But, and, you know, God says, I will reward you in public for what you do in private. So seeing private, James, I was scared. Mm. I was being a double-minded man. And the word says a double-minded man is nothing from God. How can a house stand if it's divided within itself? Right. We've all read that. How can we walk together? At least mm. we've, we've all read that, right? Yes. So now I'm walking, but I'm walking with myself one minute and abandoning myself the next. I'm unified and I have a firm foundation. The next minute the roof is blown off my house. Mm. 
And I'm saying, how could I do this? And then God, I guess he got sick of hearing me complaining. An angel or the Holy Spirit said, well, you are a very empathetic man with others. I didn't say that it wasn't okay for you to be scared. I said, trust me when you have fear. Because mm. faith in our works is dead. That's right. As you think, so you are. Yes. Be afforded unto him as a man thinks, so is he, right? That's right. And I had to learn that I'm being empathetic with everybody but me. So the second thing is, even when you feel like you're alone, make sure you're your own good company. Mm, okay. Conversation is about whom you surround yourself with. And then the other thing is to be aware that as you step into your season where you are in the storm, or you're going into the storm. And by the way, if you're listening to this right now, or maybe a few months, maybe even a year later, it's no accident that you're listening to this. You were meant to hear this, so this is for you. Mm -hmm. You must be mindful of the fact that in tribulation, in the midst of a trial, there will be no testimony without you being tested. Tested. And there are certain things that God uses as a backdrop, as the landscape to do an evaluation. But you will never be big enough to overcome what has been damned. What we see when we look at the word is we remember all the things that typically acquiesce to our own benevolence and our own piety so that we feel good when we quote those things. Mm -hmm. So when you really need God's word, you may not say it out loud because you don't want nobody to know that you are trembling in such a way. You don't want them to know that you ain't got it together like you've been pretending. You don't want them to know that you need some help. And and I warn you, this first, this part of it is don't impersonate yourself. Mm. Stop trying to be who you're not. Stop being a person that pretends to have more than you have because if you are pretending that you don't need any help when the truth is you're helpless. Why would anybody mm. help you? If you keep acting like you already have it going on and that you're all powerful, why would anyone help to empower you? Mm-hmm. These circumstances that are around you, the backdrop is there for a reason. And every aspect and every attribute associated with that backdrop, associated with your circumstances is divinely orchestrated. In other words, you read in the word where it says all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. Yes. Yes. Paul even said in his writings, you know, why is it in one moment that I want to do right and I yet do wrong and the next minute I find myself doing wrong and I'm compelled to do right. Oh, wayward man, that wicked man that I am. Mm. These are the, the struggles. Joyce Meyer termed this the battlefield of the mind and to the company you keep the company that i'm talking about now is your thoughts what thoughts are you holding hands with Mm. what thoughts are you allowing to chaperone you as you go about your day what thoughts are acting as your jailer Mm. and keeping you sequestered and holding you hostage when in fact you you're free as they said in slave time, we free. 
Hmm. Have you adhered? That is really not so much of a thought, but a spirit. Because we are mind, body, and soul. And the spirit, there's more than one. That's why if you go to the liquor store, you buy a bottle. What does it say? Distilled spirits. Mm. So what's influencing you? And the things that influence you the most are the things that are speaking to you when nobody else is listening. And they're the inaudible voices that you cannot silence or shut up. But I can confirm this for you. Whatever the case may be, these things will reveal themselves when you least want them to. So the summary of this brief conversation is you are who you associate with. And your thoughts and your circumstances will be no greater than that of your weakest link. For me, my suggestion is that you be the weakest link in your chain and you won't have anything to worry about because you're so much stronger than you think. Wow. Knowing you in a strength and, and really and, and what you say there is is the whole idea of coaches are spiritual gas because oftentimes they know your strength better than you do. Yes. Sometimes you can't see, you can't possibly know just how capable you are of dealing with a situation because you're too close to the forest to see the trees. But someone looking from a bird's eye view can probably give you better advice on how strong you truly are or bring out that strength. That's very true. Well, just consider this. In one of my books, I wrote a, um, I don't know if it's a book or a lecture I'd given once in. I said, look at the soldier that's marching in a parade. He's shining, his boots are shine, his weaponry is polished. The bayonet attached to the rifle is gleaming. If you walk up to him, he smells really good and his hair is well manicured, so are his nails. Mm-hmm. But see, a parade soldier is one thing. And one on a battlefield is another. See, I've served a few presidents and I've been at the White House a couple of times. And in one of my meetings there, there was a master sergeant. Now, a master sergeant, of course, does not outrank a lieutenant colonel or a major. Mm -hmm. But see, a sergeant major is a different thing. That's right. Sergeant major happened to be there and he had all these medals and they weren't for baking and for folding his clothes. (laughs) He had medals because he was tried and true. He had served and and been in the Middle East and even in Vietnam. And I watched the sergeant major tell a colonel, a a lieutenant colonel, excuse me, I'm talking. Mm. And when the lieutenant colonel, who you could tell was a West Point graduate, who was very polished, he, both of these men looked really good in their regalia. But see that that general that was standing there, he told them, you know, when Sergeant Major is talking, you need to be quiet. In other words, what I'm saying is that a real soldier, one that's been in a battle, he doesn't smell good. His, his artillery may have mud, even feces on it. He smells like outdoors and probably a little bit like wildlife. Mm. His hair is not combed. 
He's he doesn't really care how he looks. He all he knows is who he is. And he's been tried and tested on the battle. So what we have to ask ourselves is we are going to see some battles. Yes. And the question is, how ready are you? And you will only be as ready as the company you keep. That's right. That is right. Brother, I tell you what, that is some knowledge that we can chew on for a while. And, and I just want to say you're in my prayers as you fight the battle that you're in now. And, and I'm sure that uh, the, the soldiers to your left and right are going to hold you up when your knees buckle and you're going to push on through. And that's a blessing. Well, I always say that there is no way in the Dickens I could have survived this alone. Um, my greatest assets, some of my angels breathe and have names, but the ones that I asked to be in the operating room two weeks before that 12-hour surgery were the ones that I said, look, the person is sterilizing the equipment, be with them. The anesthesiologist and the, and the anesthesia tech and the surge tech, be with them. Yes. Guide the hands of the multiple surgical teams from reconstructive to oral oncology to plastics to microsurgeons that were all part of that 12-hour day. Mm. I was praying that God sent angels to them before they even got up that morning, that week, let alone the day of my surgery. And I was praying that the room was picked, that they would be waiting for me in that room before I ever even got before I even drove to the hospital that morning. I prayed for that weeks out. And I'm going to tell you, James, there were times when I would wake up and I could feel the presence of something in that room. And I was under the influence of some drugs, but I wasn't that high. Hmm. And the bigger part of it is I'm 90% cured. I'm going to proton therapy now just to get rid of the remnants of this. But I can tell you, even as you exit your battle, Satan is going to kick and punch until God says enough. Mm. So I want you to know while I'm doing this interview, I am yet being kicked and I'm yet being punched. But my praise is still the same. My awareness and my commitment and my testimony is nothing but strengthened. And I'm going to tell you, this is not for the faint of heart. But if you don't grow weary in your well-doing and you trust that when it comes time, God will renew your strength and you will mount like up on the wings of eagles. Yes. No weapon formed against you shall prosper in the footsteps of a good man ordered by the Lord. Mm. Then you can pretty much rest in the midst of the battle because it's not yours to begin with. It's God's. It's God's. That's right. Amen. Amen. Brother, I thank you so much for taking the time. This means a lot because, you know, I don't know too many people who would stop that day on the way to go in for a medical procedure and give an interview like this. So thank you so much. Well, I don't know what your version of like this is, but I'll, if it blesses one person, it served its purpose. Amen to that. Well, if I can be of any service to you, certainly reach out to me. Oh, man, you already did. The one thing I want to leave you with before I get out of here is I remember when I was, my show was rated in the top 1% on um, uh, Blog Talk Radio. Okay. And my syndicated show on uh, PBS did really well. 
what I want to say is that it doesn't matter whether you have 10 listeners or 10 million. It's all about that one person hearing the right thing at the right time. And I know tonight, maybe it won't be in this live broadcast. It could be in your archives. Someone is going to hear this. Mm-hmm. They're going to hear it at the perfect time. Maybe not when they want it to, but when they need it to. And because James Marshall followed and was obedient in the creation of programming like this, mm. somebody's life will not only be touched or affected, but significantly changed, and they'll never be the same again. Amen so, to that. Amen. <laughs> amen. And that's called being true to your ministry, whatever it might be. You take care and be blessed. You too, James. Love you. Take care, brother. Love you. All right. Amen, amen, and amen again. Don't impersonate yourself, he says. Stop trying to be who you are not. Stop being a person that pretends to have more than you have. These are powerful words. And thank you so much for taking the time to bless us with this message, Dr. D. Ivan. No one makes it alone and without some type of guidance. Everyone needs help. And smart wealth builders appreciate the value of good, timely advice from all of their advisors and consultants, their pastors, their attorneys, CPAs, insurance agents, and of course, their financial advisors. These professionals should all work together for the benefit of you and your family. But you have to listen and be open to the advice. Well, until next time, keep building wealth. Peace. You have been listening to 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall. Keep increasing your knowledge by going to marshallyourmoney.com and check out our educational videos, newsletters, and calculators. There you can also sign up for your free copy of his book, 100 Wealth Building Secrets. Like this podcast and follow it on podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media platforms, Facebook, Black Family Wealth, Twitter, James Marshall at Marshall Wealth, Instagram, Marshall Wealth, LinkedIn, James Marshall, and on YouTube, James Marshall Financial Educator. Email your questions or thoughts to james at marshallyourmoney.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, we build wealth one family at a time. No, you can't. I teach you how to say, don't waste your money, but bank your money, don't spend your ink. I teach you how to say, your bank account will be spilling out with them dividends. I teach you how to say, rule number one, if it ain't making money, it ain't making sense.